is The Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. I'm your host, Paul Parisi. And I'm Jacob Young. On The Edge of Innovation, we talk about the intersection between technology and business, what's going on in technology, and what's possible for business. Hello, and thank you for listening to The Edge of Innovation. I'm Paul Parisi, your host. Today, our guest is Al Pereira of Advanced Photo in North Reading, Massachusetts. Al is a longtime photographer. Let's listen into part one of our conversation. Well, welcome to the Edge of Innovation. I'm here with Al Pereira, President, Founder, Chief Photographer of Advanced Photo in North Reading, Massachusetts. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Paul. So, Al, we've known each other for a long time, and I've been following your career as a photographer, and thought it'd be interesting for our listeners to talk with somebody that is really good behind the camera. Uh, thanks for the, you know, the compliment. <laughs> well, we'll see if we can find somebody after this. There you go. <laughs> So what, what made you pick up a camera? Well, it's kind of a funny story. I was kind of laid up from work for a while due to an injury, and I got bored and I bought a camera. Not even a week later, I was driving down the street and there was a fire and it happened to be in Malden, and I took pictures, and I actually had a black and white darkroom that I had started in my basement a couple of days after I bought it. So it was actually about a week after I bought the camera. I had a black and white darkroom that somebody showed me how to process the film. Anyway, I processed the film and I printed a couple of pictures, showed them to a couple of friends and said, you should have taken that to the paper. Hmm. I said, okay, maybe next time. And then, lo and behold, something else happens. I get it and I sold it to the paper and here I am 35 years later. Wow. So what is it? It's 2017, so that would be 83? About 83? Yeah, a little before 83, yeah. So what in the world made you think, okay, I'm going to get a camera? I've always been the photographer in the house, and you know the Polaroid instant cameras that we had, and the little point and shoots. Mm-hmm. So everybody else would always cut everybody's head off, and I always oh, tended I to uh, do it the right way. So, right. and I've always you know kind of been you know interested in the uh, cameras and taking pictures. So I've always been one for capturing that moment because you know it's all about family, and mm-hmm. back then it was about family, and it should be all today sure. too. Okay, so it's 1982, 83, and you're going to go out and buy a camera. Uh, what did you buy? A Yashica FX3. Wow. Believe it so or not. Now, whenever you talk to photographers, just so you know, so if you're out there listening and you talk to a photographer, they know their equipment. It's, yep. They'll always remember your first camera. And So it was a Yashica FX3. FX3. Right? Yep. Did you buy a lot of lenses or just the one that came with it? I bought two lenses, a zoom and a regular 50 millimeter. Wow. So you were in, you were like, all right, I'm going to go and... Yep. Become a photographer. Yep. And at least a hobby, right? I, well, I intended it to be a hobby, right. but then after that first print that you know got published, uh-huh. uh, I had the bug, and wow. that basically what I ended up doing was getting a scanner mm-hmm. and putting it in my car. I had a portable scanner, oh, a police scanner, right? No, okay. and yeah, well, we didn't have them back no, then. I know, I was just and I'd go to sleep with it on, something would happen, and I'd get up 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'd get there, and bad accident or a fire or something, and the next day I'd have it, you know, the film process and prints, and I'd take it down to the local paper. Wow, so you were, I think the technical term was a stringer. Well, I was a freelance photographer, yeah. The stringer came later on when I actually got picked up by United Press International. 
Okay, so now you're doing this. How, how many years were you doing it before you started? You know, so you were freelance. Then you got picked up by UPI. And um, is there something between those? I was freelancing for a bunch of local papers. I actually expanded. I did the Somerville Journal, Medford This Week, Medford, what else, Cambridge Paper. Mm-hmm. And at times, depending on what I covered, the Globe and the Herald would uh, buy my stuff. Right. UPI picked me up after an incident in Melrose where there was a drowning of a a young child that he fell through the ice. And I happened to get there as they were bringing out two of the four. And then they were looking for another one that actually ran home. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know there was someone else in there. And then they basically said, let's put the boat in. And they found him like about two minutes later. And I captured everything from them putting the boat in to finding him, putting him in the boat and doing the CPR, the whole bit. And I happened to just take my film. I didn't even process it. I took it down to the Herald and I believe, if I remember correctly, the Globe. And I went home and all of a sudden I got a call from this guy from UPI Mm -hmm. saying, we understand you have some photos of an incident. And I said, yeah, well, can you come in? And I did and I started stringing for them ever since. Yeah, and I, it was interesting because I felt like I was going to college, but not going to college. I was getting the hands-on experience. Right. I mean, I covered presidential races, Jackson, Wandale races, and, you know, for president. Yeah. I covered movie stars going to the Hasty Pudding, uh, Sean Connery, Joan Rivers. I've got, I had spectacular photos of that. I covered the Celtics, the Bruins, the Red Sox, the Patriots. Every sporting event in Boston I did. You know, it was rather fun. So now you did that for how long? Well, you probably still do it occasionally, but when that was the main bread and butter of your business. Right. I mean, I was actually working a lot of hours for UPI, which I didn't mind because I was learning the trade. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was like going to college, but I was actually doing the actual work without the books. And I did it to 86 when I got picked up by the Eagle Tribune. Okay. What happened was I put in an application, and they called me in for an interview. And I was still stringing, of course, for UPI. And if you remember correctly, the riots in Lawrence was happening at the time. And the day before my interview, I went and covered the riots up in Lawrence. And I took some great photos of an arrest and so forth, went back to UPI, and I reprinted them and we put them on the, the wire. But the Eagle Tribune was not a customer of UPI. But I had inserted a bunch of those photos that were used, mm-hmm. took it with me to the interview along with my other pictures in my portfolio. The gentleman that interviewed me noticed the photos, didn't recognize where they were, and they said, you mind if we use them? I said, absolutely not. And the next day I was hired. Wow. Yeah. So you went from being injured, thinking about photography, buying yep. a camera, starting to set up a darkroom. Yep. I mean, it's just such a different world. I mean, because now... Everybody's got a darkroom in their computer. Right, and that is that is today's darkroom, which is a lot more. It's harder now, oh, to be definitely. honest with you. But I'm just saying that you had to go out and buy chemicals. You right. had to buy an enlarger. You yep. had to buy the trays. You yep. had to learn all about it. You had to get a dark room. Yep. You know, so you were really committed to it. So it's sort of, I mean, you know, back in those days... It was a commitment. You know, you really became a photographer, and you sort of learned all these different things. Cybersecurity is critical for today's businesses. Savior Labs is a Boston cybersecurity firm that cares for your business and your team. We solve problems so you can focus on what you do best. Just follow the link in the show notes and enter code SECURITY for more information.
Thank you to Save Your Labs for its ongoing support of the Edge of Innovation. Let's listen into our conversation with Al. It's actually easier to learn to be a photographer back then than it is now. That's probably true. You know, you, you can actually set your mind to do it even today, but, you know, like, for example, mixing chemicals. Right. You know, it was easy because your heart was in it. Right. But you could pick it up a lot faster than you can do, like, for example, Photoshop. I mean, let's say you have a really big brain and, you know, you're really smart. You know, you can pick it up faster. But I find that Photoshop at the beginning was very difficult to maneuver and so forth. Even today, there's so much to it that where do you start? Printing, for example, the, the lights places, the you know, locations in the photograph and the dodging and the burning, right. you know, that was an art because you'd right. put your hands together and you'd have a little hole that the light would go through and you'd make it wider or lighter. Yeah. The, the smell of the chemicals when you mixed yeah. it, you know, it was just amazing. Yeah. It was a different world. It was, it was. Simpler. Well, it was very simple. It was simple. There was a lot of depth to it, though. It was, it, you could get very complicated. And I think a lot of that is lost in the new digital photography because you don't appreciate what's really going on. You don't learn the, the actual, I don't want to say the physics of the situation, but you know when you see that paper develop in the pool of developer, you know, yep. in the, trend, the image coming before your eyes. Up, you're sort of like, oh, okay. And then the dodging and burning. And, yep. it, and it sort of teaches itself That's right. to you. Whereas with, you know, Photoshop, you just open it and there's a picture on the screen. They're like, well, is that good or is that bad? And you don't really get sucked in as much. Right. And what what's interesting is, though, that if you go from one screen to another, you're going to get a different color, different tone. Actually, it could be lighter or darker. Right. And that confuses a lot of people where... When you see that photo come up, right. it, it's either you did it the right way or you didn't, and there's no in-between. And we're talking about black and white. Now, right. Did you ever do, we'll, we'll skip ahead here, did you ever do developing color printing? No, because, no. It was actually, I, and I don't know if it's even possible to do it in a trace because no, yeah, after the machines, chrome, right. Remember, and, I mean, Cibachrome, I that, remember that, yep. but that was the, the quote-unquote easiest. But it was just so, I remember, you know, being a black-and-white photographer in the in the dark room and that you being so involved in the process. Color, you couldn't. That's right. You you couldn't see what was happening. That's correct. And that really disappointed me. And then you you'd sort of put it in this jar in this big tube with the cover on it. You'd rock it back and forth. You'd dump that out, put the other stuff in, rock yep. it back and forth. It was like developing the film. That's right. And then you pull it out and it looks terrible. I was like, huh? Because you could go. You know, I remembered many times where I'd shoot something on the enlarger, expose it, and then develop it, and then pull it out and stop it. Yep. You know, so. you know, I remember when I was swinging for UPI, we were strictly a black and white, printing black and white, mm-hmm. and the color was starting to right. get popular, and uh, the AP was doing it. Right. And today came out. Correct. And, color. and I remember we were trying to get a really good color print, and at the beginning it was very, very difficult that we almost gave up, but we couldn't because our competition right. was doing it. Right. Eventually, you know, we mastered it and so right. forth. But it, it was it was a whole different world. And, you know, let's go back to, like, for example, the equipment that we used. It was the manual focus lenses. There were no autofocus lenses. I had a very hard time giving up my manual focus. Right. It took me a while to get have used you, to it. it yeah, I had no choice. Well, you know, I mean, it does work really well. It does, but it takes a little longer to right. focus where, you know, you go to a wedding now. You, know, you tend to want to do the job quickly. Right. And today's equipment is fantastic. Right. So you're UPI, you go to the Lawrence Eagle Tribune. Yep. 
and then, then what? What was the next step in your career? Well, while I was stringing at UPI, I was also doing weddings. I actually hooked up with a photographer out of Medford called Joe Car Photography. And he and I ran into each other when I was on assignment for a local newspaper. And he said, you know, I need help, so could you come over? So I did. He interviewed me, and he sort of basically hired me on a freelance basis. But he was willing to train me as a wedding photographer, a studio photographer. And that's where I learned how to be a really good you know, wedding photographer and portrait photographer. Mm-hmm. Also ended up doing all his black and white printing. So he would do—back then, it was all black and white— and head and shoulders shots for uh, banks or any corporation he would do. I remember one time he got a job for a company called U-First, and it was a uniform company. They would pick up your uniforms and they would clean them and take them back. So they hired him to do a photo of someone wearing a, a uniform Half of it was really spotless, really clean. The other half was torn, greasy, and oh. so forth. And I got to end up, you know, being the model. Oh, really? oh, yeah. Wow. And they used it for many years. And what's funny is that that company now is one of my customers that advanced photo. Oh, neat. So, and they actually remember that that uh, photo. So. Yeah, so I was actually always, when I was freelancing for UPI as, as a stringer, I always kind of had my own little business on the side, okay. doing photos for banks, doing photos for doctors, the weddings, the portrait, the sports photography. Also, I would, on my spare time, which was very little, mm-hmm. would still do work for the local weekly newspapers. So now, would you characterize yourself as an entrepreneur? I, I would think so. I, I yeah. Think so. I mean, from what I know of you and yeah. knowing you, you always have that entrepreneurial edge, yep. always thinking, hey, what about this or what about this? Yep. I'm so, always thinking. Right. So now you've expanded. You're working for Lawrence Eagle. You're yep. doing wedding pictures. You're doing freelancing. Yep. And then, then what happened? Well, while I was on assignment for the Eagle Tribune in North Andover, I was covering this spot news. And long story short, it turned out to be somebody, you know, took their own life. Mm-hmm. And had I known that, we wouldn't have been there. But because of the secrecy and that the cops end up having, and the, the way they talk on the radio made you seem that it was something serious. So I took a reporter with me, and we went to the location. And, you know, I get there, and I'm doing a few shots of you know, the area, and we're just waiting for the cops to come out so we can find out what was going on. But right next door, apparently, these people came out of the house, and apparently they were family members of this person. And... They didn't like us being there, and all of a sudden they just beat the, you know, what out of me. I mean, I, really? they really did a number on me, and the reporter was trying to, you know, get him away, and she actually got uh, pushed around also. By the time the police came over, uh, I was really bleeding, and, you know, my back was really sore, and I ended up going to the hospital, and I was, you know, I was actually out of work for a long time, and I ended up getting a back operation because of it. And that kind of basically... With that free time, I decided, you know what, I've always wanted to start a business, so I decided to start a business. Okay. Not the recommended path, no. necessarily, but yeah. so what was that business? A friend of mine owned a photo store and met the one called Advance Photo. Okay. And... I liked what he did. I liked, you know, the way he printed the photos. He had a one-hour photo, so he printed photos for people. He really loved it. People really liked the results. And I said, you know what, this could be me, but I want to do a little bit more. So before I opened up, I actually had a little portrait studio Mm -hmm. in his place. I learned how to use the machines. Mm -hmm. And about a year later, 
I opened up Advanced Photo in North Reading. Wow. Okay. And that was, was that? 1992, March 4th. Wow. Yep. We've been listening to an interview with Al Pereira of Advanced Photo. His website is aponr.com. That's Advanced Photo Online, North the initials. Please visit our show notes for that link and for other information about Al and examples of his work. Next time, we'll be continuing listening in on the conversation with Al, and we look forward to your feedback. Please visit our show notes and leave us a comment. The Edge of Innovation is brought to you in partnership with Savior Labs. Savior Labs exists to help businesses mature and strategize for the future. Learn more about Savior Labs at SaviorLabs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. For the show notes and more information about Paul, please visit paulparisi.com. The Edge of Innovation is produced by Jacob Young in conjunction with copious amounts of coffee. Music on today's episode was from bensound.com. Paul can be found on Twitter at pdparisi and on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash pdparisi. This episode, like all our episodes, is transcribed and available at paulparisi.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.